Welcome to Sports and Songs, episode number 41. On a Friday night, I'm your co-host, Dan, along with Andy. Andy, how are you doing? I'm doing good, sir. Yourself? Good. It's, uh, it's late September. Today's the 25th of September, Friday night. It's our 41st episode. We've got a lot of updates with sports changes. Yeah. I, think, I think the key word here is changes. And a lot of yeah. fun stuff with the weekend coming up with Major League Baseball, final weekend, Playoffs are wrapping yeah. up. We'll, we'll, we'll delve into all those things as well uh, with the playoffs and, and of course, our music and album of the week, things like that. So where do you want to start, Andy? Start here alphabetically with AEW Pro Wrestling. Start there some things happening over there. Um, those of you who watched a couple weeks ago, with the big six-man match on Wednesday, Lance Archer. A wrestler there is supposed to be part of a big six-man tag. They're giving a big push for uh, the world title shot. Well, he put on his Twitter the other day that when he returned home from the show last, family member was ill when he got home. Found out later from a friend who had taken a family member to the vet. The dog, he does have COVID-19. He said he hasn't feeling good. He does have it. He goes, I'll be good. See you in a couple weeks. Um, there has been some more issues since then from AEW. Other wrestlers missed last week, last Wednesday, because of it. I'm not going to sit here and guess and speculate who it was. I'm going to leave that for the news channels to speculate and guess and stuff like that, or the professors. Maybe the guy just took a week off, so I'm not going to sit here and go, hey, he was gone, he might have COVID-19. Oh, the guy was gone, I'm letting it go. If they want to release the name, great. If I want to take three weeks off and have it and not say a word about it, great. I'm not here to say anything to judge. So, but Lance Archer is out for a couple weeks. So, uh, speedy recovery to him, Mr. Archer. Hope you get healthy. Um, he has decided, you know, he was feeling a little sick, but decided that he's doing good. So, hopefully, he stays healthy and can get back through it. Um, some other news uh, Ben Carter also reported positive. Um, another wrestler who's on one of the dark matches had a pretty good match, too, against Sean Spears on Sunday. He's not feeling good, but he, he's feeling positive. Um, other AEW news is um, the FTR Tag Team Champions there. They have worked on a deal with Tony Khan, owner of AEW, who also is owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, they've worked on a deal where they could wrestle the Motor City Machine Guns, which is another tag team, in another wrestling organization. Um, some guys, except, except for Vince McMahon and Big Brother up there in Connecticut, some of these other guys are Letting guys have to take a couple weeks off and go wrestle other organizations helps spread that we all know there's other wrestling groups out there. I'm like Vince who likes to think if you're not in the WWE, you don't exist. You know. So that they know there's other guys out there. You can work with them. Not that they're really like hidden scouts, like, hey, I saw this guy, he's good. They all watch it, they follow each other, they're all friends with each other. Um, Tony Khan can let his guys go wrestle there for a couple weeks, frees up some TV time for some other guys to get a chance to show. You know, so it kind of works out for both. Hats off to both organizations for having the guts to do that and not be selfish. No, there are wrestlers. So you're going to see that a lot more than some of these other major independents. The AEW, NWA, those two have been working together already. Uh, Ring of Honor will probably get involved Impact Wrestling. You might see some of these guys merging every now and then. I don't know if we'll see a big pay-per-view supercard of all of them together. Well, you might see a guy venture back and forth here and there. Who knows? Um, 
last night after I sent my notes to Dan, I hit send. I turned on the baseball game. It was breaking news. Pac-12 is going to start playing football. Great. Just sent my notes over and I was Pac-12. Didn't confirm it with me, Bert. Didn't call and check. Of course. I'm kind of hurt. But they're going to start their season on November 6th. Um, I was reading notes. A lot of it, again, like we speculated and guessed with the Big Ten, has to do with the TV money. Um, yep. They're going to come up with their schedule starting November 6th. They're going to play. Big Ten starting here coming up late October. Here's the things that would be fun to watch. Like we said last week, top 20 for college football. There are schools that, I'm sorry, have no right to be in the top 20. Well, it's because the Pac-12 and Big Ten aren't in there. Mountain, it's Mountain West or another conference. They said they're going to play now, too. So Appalachian State, enjoy your spot at number 15. Whoever's <laughs> up there, you know, you're... Enjoy your moment in the sun. It's done. Yeah, it's very misleading. Um, some of the big rivalries for the Big Ten as they put their schedule out. Uh, big Ten dates to remember coming up. Halloween night, Michigan State, Michigan. That's always a good, fun game. November 14th, the Hawkeyes here in Minnesota. November 28th, I believe that's Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, we're Camp Riley. Uh, Michigan and Ohio State, December 12th. Remember the chant, oh, how I hate Ohio State. <laughs> um, December 12th, Purdue and Indiana in state rivalry. And Illinois and Northwestern in the state rivalry on December 12th. So those are, those are fun games if we have the act, the little round jug. All these schools have their uh, things they, they go for back and forth. So those will be the games to watch for those. Those are always the fun games. I know years past, the Gophers would get three wins a year, but if one of them was against Iowa, by God, it was a good year, you know. So we'll see how those games go. Um, speaking of Gophers, P.J. Fleck and also Rashad Bateman have both confirmed that he does want to come back and play. Kind of funny, Rashad Bateman a few weeks ago was popping off saying, I ain't going to play. It's COVID-19, I ain't playing. Of course you're not playing. There's no Big Ten season. They're a genius. Well, now they're playing. Funny, he wants to play football now. You know, that's like popping off at dinner saying, I don't want to eat any broccoli tonight. Mom says, fine, there's no broccoli to be served. All right, then I ain't eating broccoli. A little mom brings broccoli out later, and you dish it up and eat it. If you're going to talk to talk, son, don't play. I I hate to say I lost respect for him because I kind of lose respect over one quote because it's bad, but it's kind of hard to. When you say you're going to do this and you're wanting to go pro, you're, you're shooting your mouth off like this. Watch your steps, son. Um, careful what you say. People are going to remember this. Uh, some good news for the Gophers. Uh, former Gopher Hockey All-American Nick Beckstrom has returned to the state of hockey. He's going to play for the Wild. Um, he's had some time with the Penguins, uh, a Blaine native. Um, he's played also uh, with the Florida Panthers. He's got a few games back and forth on the pro side there. He will be coming home, if you will, play here for the Wild. We shall see. He uh, did help Minnesota two NCAA turnover first and one final, or I'm sorry, Frozen Four appearance, and two WCHA regular season conference championships, um, setting up the Pride of Ice NCAA record for six straight conference titles. So go for hockey if that ever comes back. I can't wait for that. Wild hockey. Again, you know we're not big hockey fans here. We try to the best we can. Um, we just kind of wait until the finals. Like, like I said. NHL playoff hockey, the Stanley Cup playoffs right now going on. I love playoff hockey. So let's look how I watch it soon. Um, 
I couldn't tell you who's who on the teams. I think that's why I enjoy it so much. I don't, don't have a dog in the race. I just sit back, enjoy it, and watch. And if you're not a big football fan, those are the guys who always watch the Super Bowl or they watch the Rose Bowl. They don't know the teams, but they enjoy the game. So and that's one thing with college sports when it comes back in high school sports. Just go and watch and enjoy. That's what we're really kind of looking for. Uh, NASCAR. NASCAR is cut down to the final 12 right now. Um, Clint Boyer didn't make the cut, thank God. Um, he's in it. And there's a lot of drivers going next year who don't have a sponsor for next year. But there's some of those big names up there that are still in the race. These guys don't have sponsorships for next year. That's kind of weird. But we'll see how they deal. Which is kind of good, though, in a way, too. You don't have a sponsor yet. How funny. If I keep winning, I'll get a better sponsor or a sponsor for more money. On that list, you see Mr. Bubba Wallace. <laughs> I fell for Bubba Wallace's uh, sorry song earlier in the year. He's kind of been stepping on his own tongue every now and then. Bubba Wallace has signed a big deal recently with uh, Denny Hamblin, a race car driver. is starting a team with a guy named Michael Jordan. Jordan's getting into NASCAR. He's going to own a team, and Bubba's going to be the driver. Bubba's a good driver. Don't get me wrong. But just get the microphone and the pen and the keyboard away from him. If with Jordan there, Jordan wants to throw some money into it, maybe get him some. I don't want to say a better crew. I'm not going to find his crew, but better crew, better technology, better parts. Um, maybe instead of buying the generic stuff off a of Walmart rack or secondhand store off eBay, they could buy a top shelf. I don't know. Jordan's got the money to throw around. He'll throw it there. So hopefully, Bubba can be more competitive now. Instead of just being a name. Bubba Walls has kind of replaced Danica Patrick. Everybody heard of Danica Patrick. They knew who she was. She was an NASCAR driver. Every blue moon, Danica was sneaking the top ten. But that was it. But everybody knew who Danica Patrick was. Bubba Walls has kind of filled those shoes. Let's hope Bubba can be a driver too, not just a name for somebody to look at. So I hope I'm the best uh, with the Jordan team. Hopefully they can do well there. Uh, in NASCAR, the Hendrick Motorsports was fined $100,000 for exceeding the wind tunnel resistance limit this season. Uh, NASCAR also announced that it would deduct 10 hours of wind tunnel resistance from them next season. It's in the, I guess there's a rule cup book on how much wind resistance practice you can have everything else. They went over it. And they're not arguing the point. Okay, yep. We made the checkout too. Find us. I don't know if they were like one of those, hey, let's see what happens, and we'll pay the fine. Don't know how that worked out, but they were fine. They went on with it. They're going on. But again, NASCAR again this weekend. Chase for the Cup continues. Keep watching. It's a, it's a good time to get into it. The sad thing is it's going to be on MSNBC. Dale Jarrett, uh, Dale Hart Jr., Kyle Petty. I can't stand the three of them as announcers. I'm sorry. I like Kyle Petty. I like him as an announcer. Dale, Jr. Dale Jr. and Dale Jarrett drive me up a wall. The other guy on there drives me up a wall. I can listen to Kyle Petty all day. I really enjoy his work. The rest of them, just go away. Um, Minnesota High School Sports League did announce this week the return of volleyball fall to the fall schedule. Um, I haven't read too much into it. I mean, I've read into it. I don't know. You look at out here like in Watertown. Doesn't hold many fans at our stadium. Now, if you're going to have a percentage of people there, 
most of us go there just to BS and find out who's who and why. And chit-chat, and oh, by the way, a game's going on. Um, yeah, you know some of the players. Oh, hey, that's my buddy's kid down there, or my, my kid down there, or something like that. Um, so we'll see what they're going to have for fans in the stands-wise for this for high school football. Um, we have sent out some emails to some of the ADs in the conference and the areas. Heard back from a couple. Still waiting to hear back from a few more before we come out and say, here's what we've learned. We want to get some different points of view from different size schools. Still waiting to hear back from a couple. I've heard from about three or four. Kind of want to get a consensus. So next week, after we've heard more about the seating capacity to be at stadiums and stuff like that, we'll go. It's so it does break out week of the 16th when we're going to start football. It's interesting uh, that uh, with the with the change, and once again, this whole episode seems to be about all the change that's going on here. Uh, I know, for instance, up north at, at Bemidji High School, they had a uh, defensive back um, for football. Football wasn't going to happen. I'm going to jump on and play soccer with the boys this year. I'm going to I'm going to go out as a goalie. Makes the team as a backup goalie, and and, and now what? Now, Bemidji was interesting because they also had a girl, a very good volleyball player, uh, an outside hitter, wasn't going to play volleyball. She says, I'm going to go out for, for uh, soccer as well, and the girls, and made the team as the goalie. And, in fact, I think she started a couple games. Now yeah. they have the reversal, the change, and now what do you do? What's the etiquette? And what the domino effect of everyone's decision is, is it's part of this whole year, 2020. It's, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really exciting to see, or interesting to see. I mean, the one thing that does come up, I did ask, the one the answer we've gotten back, okay, say I want my son to play football. No one's paid that fee yet. So it's not like these parents are out money going, hey, I paid the money, my kid should play. No one kind of checked that. So that part, and if they had, I'm sure it was still sitting in limbo somewhere. They could have got it back if something happened. But so it wasn't one of these things where, Hundreds of dollars have been paid in football. That's hundreds of dollars. Um, and no season, too bad, thanks for money. That wasn't happening. So that's not yeah. an issue. The missile staff will be, this is not going to make or break Olympic high school football this year. It will be just fine. There's no volleyball. Missile State high school will be just fine. It's me personally, and we both talked about this, is... I don't like the fact that they're playing the sports first. I'd rather see all the kids in school first. Let's get that part figured out. Let's yeah. get the academic stuff first. And I think the, the two things I was going to bring up was the losing legal side of things. I think there was two high-quality recruits that were going to be coming up yeah. on their junior or senior year, I think junior year this year, that were supposed to be highly recruited to make it to go D1 somewhere, and they got pushed back to the spring and then I think the parents filed a lawsuit against the Minnesota State High School League to say, you know, you're, you're wrecking the chances on some of these things. That may have a bigger impact than anything else on some of these decisions right. possibly as well. But you're right. If they're going to deal with football and volleyball and move this and versus that, what's going to happen with the, the fall play, the drama team, the, the choir concert? Uh, you know, yeah. you've got all sorts of things in motion that uh, lettering in uh, the debate team and everything else. We don't hear about those things. Yeah, at the high school, I, I, we have friends who have kids in high school. They don't go to band lessons, no virtual. Choir is virtual choir. I'd rather find out they were happening first before football. Let's get the stuff in the school taken care of. 
Because choir is during the school day. You're not even going to let the four saxophone players sit together as band for practice. But you got 22 football guys on the field at the same time. And in a tackle and a running play up the middle, there's what? 15 of them, 16 of them right there, all within a four-foot circle on the ground. And that's okay. But you can't have four saxophone players in the same room practicing. To me, that's a problem. That's the wrong priority right there. My opinion. That's interesting. Uh, Major League Baseball. Um, Alex Gordon. Uh, are you there? You cut out there, Andy, for a sec. Are you there? Hello? Not sure if Andy cut off or not. He's going to talk about the uh, he's going to talk about the Alex Gordon announced his retirement after 14 seasons with the Kansas City Royals, was a seven-time Gold Glove winner, three-time All-Star, and in 2015 was on that Kansas City Royals World Series team. Let's see if we can get Andy back here. I'm not sure if he dropped off. But, yeah, uh, Alex, Alex Gordon, great outfielder. For uh, and spent all his years with the Royals. Eric, it looks like he's coming back here. Hello, Andy. Are you there? Hello. And so. I think the next thing he was going to cover is Major League Baseball. Let's get into this standings uh, here. We'll bring up the standings right now. Final weekend. Right here. Final weekend. And let's go National League first. National League first. I show the top. Eight teams there as of today, as of today, with three days left in the season. Friday, which is tonight, we've got games Saturday and Sunday. And the season ends, we go into the playoffs. Top eight teams will make it. Top eight teams will make it. Now, you've got to finish the top eight to be in the... Yeah, Andy looked like he cut off there. He dropped off. Uh, I'll cover the National League. we got the Dodgers in first, Atlanta and the Chicago Cubs in third, fourth, San Diego, fifth, St. Louis. And then we've got Miami, Marlins, Cincinnati Reds. Now the Reds right now are playing the Twins in a three-game series, and they are fighting for their life currently in a playoff spot uh, for the wild card for the wild card. And so depending on how they do here this weekend, we will see what's going to make it uh, or or not, or if they're going to be eliminated. Once again, Twins have a very good record um, uh, at home. And so a three-game series here with the Twins uh, as of 
now. So seventh place, uh, eighth place is San Francisco, also with a wild card. But we can't forget the fact that there are come some teams still possibly in it. And Andy had made the prediction before we started here that we were going to have some teams potentially with under 500 records making the Major League Baseball host. Currently, we might see the the Mets or the Brewers or the Phillies as, as one of those options. Now let's go over to the American League. Here's the American League side of things. We got Tampa Bay. We've got Minnesota. We've got Oakland and the White Sox. Now in the fifth spot, we've got the Yankees, Houston, Cleveland, and Toronto. As it sits today. As it sits today. So once again, three games left. Three games left. There could be some things moving here. I think for the most part, the American League is set, except I think for that Houston, that's, uh, that Houston Astros team. Now, once the eight teams are set, the rest of the juggling for this weekend will take place about, about who finishes first, who finishes second, who finishes third, all the way down to eight, because then the matchups will be uh, determined by the actual seeding after the games conclude on Sunday. And then we'll know the brackets. We'll know the brackets at that point. Now, let's see. He's not on. And he's not back yet. He may have. So once the brackets get set, the first round is a best of three series at the home team, at the home team's stadium, at their stadium. So we don't go to the neutral sites till the second round. And so Minnesota Twins here, looking back on the screen there, you see them as the number two seed. They would take on Cleveland in this situation, who's the seven seed. One would play the eight, two, seven, three plays the six, and so forth. Twins would be at home, which means all three games, if it went three games, would be at target field against the Cleveland Indians. All you need to do is win two, and you advance. From then, the Twins, or anyone in the American League here, the winners of that first series will play the divisional series at, uh, at either Arlington or... There's two sites, Arlington and Houston. Minute Maid Park is where the next ones would be. All the rest would be neutral sites. All the rest would be neutral sites. That second round is a best of five series. After that is a best of seven. Here he is. Andy is he's back here. Hello. Hello. All right. I see. What a, uh, what I did here, Andy, I saw that you dropped off and you lost the internet yep. connection. I started off with the Major League Baseball National League uh, teams that were in the seedings so far and went through that and then just started now on the American League and telling the listeners that first round is a best of three at home. Yep. All the games are at your own home stadium. After that, you go to neutral sites. It's a best of five series the next round best of seven for the championship series, and then best of seven once again for the World Series. Do you have any insight on those National League teams? Uh, has everyone, how many are left to clinch yet? There's, there's still a couple open in the eighth seed spot there. Um, Giants are kind of fighting that last spot there. Uh, this weekend should kind of sum it all up. The way it's looking right now, the Dodgers are the one playing the eighth seed Giants. 
And just because of the rivalry, that was not, you don't want to play your rival in the first round no matter what. Okay, how good or bad they are, you don't want to do that. So we're a little worried there. Although the Dodgers take care of them, don't get me wrong. The Giants can make some noise there. I think uh, the Reds still have a clinch as a seventh seed. The Marlins as a the sixth seed, Carlos. Those haven't locked up yet. I'm pretty sure those will be the teams that make it, but where they fit still is up for grabs. Um, Magic now today, the Marlins are at two, Reds three, Giants and Cardinals are four. Um, now, how about the Mets, Brewers, and Phillies? Um, well, we did have a moment of silence yesterday for the Mets when they were eliminated. We cut that off. Um, they are all out of it. Those are the four teams left. So the National League is basically kind of sad. Like I said, they've got their magic numbers for those teams. I see. Um, I mean, the Mets, then they could make it, but... Now, when, when you... When you cut out there for a second, I did mention that you did have a prediction early in the season that there could be a playoff team or two that with a losing record. And right now it looks like that could actually happen. I see you know, Cincinnati is playing a three-game set with the Twins. Twins have a very good home record. Um, uh, even if they win one or two of those, they could be uh, – uh, Reds could be under 500 in the playoffs. Yeah, yep. And the Reds are in the hunt right now. They, you know, they need the win, so it's like the Reds are going to fold up. They And that would be um, another a rivalry. That would be another division, which we would not want to see. But um, right. at, at Target Field, I wouldn't mind it. But, boy, I, I don't want to face the Yankees, but Cleveland uh, is, not, is, <laughs> is not someone that I, I would uh, hope for either. So, you know, then who else yeah. do you got? You know, Houston and Toronto, so... Rizzo. Rizzo. Their stars aren't having good years. It's everybody else on that team that's coming up. So that's what you got to watch for when you're the Cubs. You look at the Rizzo and Bryant, all that, and you're like, oh, we got this game one. No, no, look at the other five, six guys on that batting order. That's who's carrying that team this year. Now, that's what's kind of fun to watch about the Cubs. It's the other guys. It is. It's fun with the Padres and those guys in there as well. Now, the Twins, if it look as of right now, Twins have the third best record in all of major. All of Major League Baseball, the Twins have the third best record. So we're heading into the final weekend. Uh, I've got I've got the Twins cap uh, on, so it should be interesting series against the Reds. A little interleague action. Yes, yes. Hi, Shadow. Shadow says hi. Um, yeah, so in the National League, they're going to have their first games. Or American League. And then when they bubble, the National League's playing in an American League city, and the American League teams are playing in the National League city, so they'll be kind of fun. Yeah, someone had brought that up, the uh, San Diego Padres, you know, being one of the teams that has the stadium to host. And we've got to keep in mind that they, they'll never have a situation where they would play at home. That's 
they've got those flipped around. American League teams will play in National League cities, and National League cities, uh, National League playoff games will be held on the neutral sites in American League cities, which will also be interesting to watch. I think it will be interesting to see the Twins and uh, and these teams play in fields they no, don't normally play at, Petco, uh, Dodger Stadium, things like that. Major League Baseball is still trying to push the ALCS and NLCS and the World Series having some sort of fans there. If it's 20%, if it's the beautiful people, the sponsors up in the club boxes, I don't know, but they want to have some fans there. I don't know about that. Um, just kind of look at some of the notes here for what teams need to do to get in and out. For clinching, the Marlins could clinch the postseason berth. They went over the Yankees and the Phillies lost tonight. Uh, the Astros could clinch a berth from the sixth seed in the AL tonight with a win over the Rangers and an Angels lost to the Dodgers. The Reds could clinch a postseason spot with a win over the Twins and a Phillies loss to the Rays and the Brewers lost to the Cardinals in a doubleheader. So the Reds need a little more than just today to happen. They need a few things to fall in place. The Rays could clinch the number one seed with a win over the Phillies and the A's losing to the Mariners. So that, that could happen there. And the Cubs could clinch the Central with a win over the White Sox and two Cardinal losses to the Brewers in the doubleheader. So, That's right. So so how many doubleheaders are there this weekend? Is it just that one? I think three. I remember looking at the standings coming up. You know, early in the year, the Marlins lost a lot of games. Yeah. Okay. Hey, you play 51 games, I've played 60. That's not a factor. Everybody's kind of caught up, so okay. throw that excuse out the window. Well, that'll be interesting with the doubleheaders. And as you dropped off there for a few minutes, Andy, I was going on about saying that it's, it's going to be fun for these final three days because there's essentially just three games left for everybody. Things will automatically shake out. But with these doubleheaders, we'll get a little more uh, more at play here uh, this weekend. That'll be interesting. Right. I did not know that. Okay. You know, seven inning doubleheaders and stuff like that. The nice, the nice thing I think, if I can jump in, the playoffs is going to be fun. Uh, I think this year because we're not going to have all those day offs, travel days uh, back and forth. Uh, they're going to move along quickly, and they're going to be in warm weather cities or domes. Um, so there's not going to be any rainouts. There's not going to be makeup. There's not going to be double headers uh, in the postseason uh, once they get once they get the ball rolling here. So yep. it's going to move along quick. I think that'll be interesting um interesting to yep. see this year yep. that's all i've got for for major league baseball tbs or turner sports just signed a big deal with major league baseball this week for tv to go uh they're gonna start next year with a tuesday night game all the time on tbs uh there was always a sunday game on tbs here on sunday before their stuff i like the tbs thing they're gonna kind of have a uh, Stadium show or a studio show beforehand with uh, Curtis Granderson, um, Pedro Martinez, and Jimmy Rollins, mm. along with uh, TBS staff. There, those would be their three athletes they have there. Interesting. So that will be that be cool to have. Um, they're trying to do it different than their NBA show, but the same. You know, because it's worked for them. The NBA show does does very well in the ratings. It's very well liked. Um, I don't know character wise with those guys. Charles Barkley always good bantering. Kenny Smith is kind of the good straight man. He tries to be funny, but you know. <laughs> these three they got there: Jimmy Rollins, he, he can talk smack. Pedro could 
could just go, yeah, I'm better than all you. Who cares? It's like he'll tell you the facts about the game. Curtis Granderson, I'm kind of curious to see what kind of insight he's going to bring to it as a commentator. Because Curtis Granderson was a decent player, um, good player, so he's got good work. You know, he, he's built different teams too, so he's got different points of view. He's not going to be one of those guys that are going, you know, when I played, it tells all stories. He's going to tell it like it is. That's yep. like what Rollins and Pedro too. Sure. Um, it'll be kind of a big deal there with that. Um, so congratulations to more baseball coverage on TBS or Turner Sports. We'll have uh, more playoff games, I guess, too, coming up when their deals kind of go by. I know Fox has inked in the World Series for the next few years. Um, ESPN basically has all but, like, one game in the first round, which is fine. I guess the thing that bothers me with these networks, NBC gets the NASCAR stuff, but they put it all on. NBC SNN. Fox gets all this stuff. They put them in FS1 for baseball games. Put it on your main network. Don't spend all this money for them. Bury it on your second, third channel. ESPN's got all these playoff games. We'll put it on ESPN2 and ESPN News. I don't have the third tier for comfort cable TV. Okay, hey, I got the basic package. I'm not going to. I'm going to miss half your games. We paid all these millions for Put it on your main, main network. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. That's that's my two cents here on that. I just, I, I like the games. I want to see the regular TV. I just wish it was back on NBC or ABC or CBS instead of on the cable channels for the playoffs. Yeah, it's as, true. That's where the Super Bowl is going pretty soon. As, as much money as there is on it for TV commercials and that, next five years, I'll be surprised the Super Bowl on cable pretty soon, too. And all the other playoff games are, who knows? And if it goes to, NBC Sports Channel or FS1 is going to have it instead. They'll have it, they'll get it, and they'll put it. But they do for college basketball. Put the game on your regular, like, broadcast here in Minnesota. Put it on Channel 9 for the game. But on FS1, have it be the, the AFC's announcers, and on FS2, have it be the NFC's announcers. Kind of like what TBS did with college basketball for a while. They'd have on one of the other Turner channels was. One team's home announcers, their team. I'm okay with something like that. That's fine. Don't put the main games buried back on one of your second, third tier channels. I agree. Uh, one more baseball thing there I have to cover before I cut out. Looks like the Mets sale is final. Um, just who in the Mets front office is going to have what jobs where. We'll see how heads roll there and come down afterwards personally for a job. Exactly. Um, I will still keep my duties here, though, on sports and songs. I take the best position. I'll squeeze you in. We have we got to. Yeah, got it. All right. Anything else for, uh, for that end of it? No. For that end of it. Uh, for, uh, this week in sports history and birthdays. All right. That sounds good. All right, this week in music, history, and birthdays. 2004, Yasif Islam, formerly known as Cat Stevens, is denied entry, entry into the United States when he shows up on a terror watch list accused of funding terrorist groups. 
1996, Hank Williams III, 23, makes his debut at the Grand Old Opry, following the legacy of his father, Hank Williams Jr., and his grandfather, Hank Williams. In performing there, his set includes Lovesick Blues, which Hank Sr. played in his Opry debut in 1949. Birthdays on that day, 1972. Dave Silvina of Korn, the drummer, born in California. 2003, while auditioning for American Idol, to me, tell me your name, you blow me off like it's all the same, you let it fuse and I'm taking away like a bomb. Yeah, William Hung performs She Bangs on American Idol to a lively but very bad rendition. Now the judges were not impressed. 1990. After parting with original drummer, drummer Chad Channing, Nirvana plays their one and only show with Dan Peters of Mudhoney on drums at the Motorsports International Garage in Seattle. He's replaced later by Dave Grohl, who takes over on the drums from, there, from that point on. Dave Grohl seemed to do pretty good for himself after Nirvana, too. 1953, Richard Farabrass. Yes, that Richard Fairbrass of Right Said Fred was born in England on this date. 1951, David Coverdale was born in Saltburn-by-the-Sea, Red Car in Cleveland, England. After fronting Deep Purple from 1973 to 76, he formed his own band called White Snake in 1978. 2008, Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction is certified for sales of $18 million by the RIAA, overtaking Boston's self-titled album at $17 million to become the all-time best-selling debut album in America. Ten years later, sadly, Hooting the Blowfish earned that title when their album Cracked Rear View is certified at $21 million. 1949, Bruce Springsteen is born in, surprisingly, New Jersey. 1947, Neil Smith of Alice Cooper fame, he was the drummer for Alice Cooper, also helped uh, co-write the song I'm 18, was born in Akron, Ohio. 1945, Ron Bushy of Iron Butterfly, the drummer, was born in Washington, D.C. 1943, Julio Iglesias is born in Madrid, Spain. 1930, Ray Charles was born Ray Charles Robinson in Albany, Georgia. In 1926, jazz saxophonist John Coltrane is born in Hamlet, North Carolina. September 24, 1991, Soundgarden's second album for A&M Records, Bad Motor Finger, is released. Its arrival neatly coincides with the uprising of grunge. Nirvana's Nevermind is released on the same day, and Pearl Jam's 10 was released on November 27th, and serves as the group's commercial breakthrough. 1990, ACDC releases The Razor's Edge, omitting the apostrophe in the title. The only album by the band that features Chris Slade on drums. It reaches number two in the U.S. charts and number four in the U.K. Birthday is 1936. Jim Henson is born in Greensville, Mississippi. Now, Jim Henson's known for doing the Muppets and Sesame Street and everything else. But the reason he's here with music 
history and birthdays, he also landed two chart hits. 1916, or I'm sorry, 1970 at number 16, Rubber Ducky by Ernie, and Rainbow Connection by Kermit the Frog hit number 25 in 1979. September 25th, at, a 2000, at uh, the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers play their last concert as Petty dies a week later. The show is the last stop on their 40th anniversary tour. 1965. Barry Maguire's Eve of Destruction hits number one where it stays for a week. Kind of fitting that song's out uh, history is what right now. 1967, little known country singer Dolly Parton makes her first appearance on the Porter Wagner show, singing two songs from her debut album, Dumb Blonde and Something Fishy. She becomes a full time replacement for the program's longtime singer Norma Jean. Parton stays on the show for, for seven years and records a string of popular duets with Wagner. Birthday is 1968. Will Smith is born and raised in West Philadelphia. The playground is where he spent most of his days. I really got to proofread this stuff. 1945, Oni McIntyre, guitarist for the Average White Band, is born in Scotland. 1975, Rocky Horror Picture Show opens in Westwood, California, featuring a young meatloaf along with... Tim Curry, and Susan Sarandon. The movie tanks, but later becomes a cult classic when audience members start showing up, to, showing, up back at, showing up, shouting back at the screen, and bringing objects like toast and toilet paper and other things like that to the movies. Just part of the going to the movie, I guess. 1986, in Sweden, Metallica played their last show with bass player Cliff Burton, who dies when the band's tour bus crashes on the way to the next stop. The last song is Blitzkrieg, which is pronounced, and he is later pronounced dead the next day. Birthday is 1955. Carlene Carter is born to is born Rebecca Carlene Smith to June Carter and her first husband, Carl Smith, in Nashville, Tennessee. 1947 country singer Lynn Anderson is born in Grand Forks, North Dakota, but will be raised in Fair Oaks, California. Known for her 1970s hit, I Never Promised You a Rose Garden. 1925, country singer Marty Robbins is born Martin David Robinson in Glensdale, Arizona. September 27th, 1986, as we mentioned earlier, Cliff Burton, Metallica's second bassist, dies in a bus crash in Sweden during Metallica's Damage Inc. tour to support the Master of Puppets album. Burton, 24, is asleep in his bunk when the bus skids off the road. He is thrown out the window. And cr- when the bus crashed and the vehicles rolled over him. 1980. Curtis Blow becomes the first rapper to perform on a national televi- television when he does so on Soul Train. He does his song, The Breaks. Host Don Cornelius, I wasn't really sure what to think of it. He says, quote, doesn't make sense to old guys like me, he tells him in the interview segment afterwards. Birthdays, 1958, pop singer-actor Sean Cassidy 
Sean spelled the old-fashioned way, S-H-A-U-N. Cassidy is born in Los Angeles, California. Although he doesn't join the Partridge Family cast with mom Shirley Jones and half-brother David Cassidy, he stars in the Hardy Boys Mysteries and lands a trio of top ten hits in 1977, including the chart-topper The Do Ron Ron. In 1947, Meatloaf is born Melvin Lee Ade in Dallas, Texas. 1944, Randy Bachman of The Guess Who and Bachman Turner Overdrive is born in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. That's kind of close to Minnesota. That's like being one of us. That is it for sports or for sports and songs segment of this week in music history and birthdays. If there is anything of your favorite band or artist that they've done historically in the week past or present coming up you want us to talk about or a birthday for one of them, please let us know in the comments below or leave us a note on our Facebook page. Hi, Andy here with Sports and Songs. Um, a little special segment for the show. Um, Joe Laranitis, also known as Animal Drug Warriors, passed away this week. Um, some of us here, my age group, grew up watching the Road Warriors on AWA Wrestling and in Georgia Championship Wrestling. Uh, they actually held... Animal Hawk had both titles for a while. Uh, very rare at the time, very rare now. Um, before they made it big, um, Animal was born in Chicago, was working here in Minneapolis, uh, bouncing at a bar, going to the gym, working out, um, started training with Eddie Sharkey. And uh, guy's career started that way, him and Hawk. Met up with Paul Ellering. He was their manager. Of course, they went to Georgia, and then back and forth, like I said, here in the NWA. Uh, Joe passed away this week, or Animal, passed away this week, age of 60. Uh, no, nothing funny about it. It was cancer. It wasn't a drug-related issue or a COVID-19 thing. It was just cancer and natural causes. He, he was a special man in the ring, special person. Um, never really heard a lot of bad things about him from anybody, that, if anything at all. Very well liked, very well respected. Still did autograph signings at uh, Comic Cons and events like that here and there. He was one of the first big men. He'd still be a big man today, but I mean, his what they did in the ring was just incredible. Um, they learned the business very fast. Um, they had to because they were drawing big crowds. Um, they were tag team champions, like I said. Usually, the heavyweight champion was the last match of the night. The Road Warriors were the last match of the night. That's how big a draw they were. They were drawing bigger than the heavyweight champions were. Everybody wanted to work with the Road Warriors because you made money that night, as they say. Um, Joe was, his son played for uh, Ohio State and played football for the Rams for a while. He had a very close relationship with his whole family. Um, like I said, he was still working independence. After Hot Dad, he worked independence here and there. Did some singles. He'd show up every now and then at different places. Um, he didn't really wrestle in the ring much anymore. Just time got to him. You're 60 years old. You've been doing this for a while. Your body's pretty beat up. So he just kind of stuck to the autograph signings and public appearances here and there. He will be missed. Um, he was an icon. Um, I know that some of the wrestlings I did see this week so far have played paid tribute to him in a, in a decent way. Um, I won't be surprised if you see more coming up. More tributes to him later on. Um, a lot of other wrestlers still, almost a week later, are still putting up tributes to him on their social medias. 
So it's kind of fun to see some of the old matches guys are putting up. Hey, here's my match against the Road Warriors. Hey, here's one of my first times I met him. Here's a picture. Kind of fun to live the old days over again. But um, like I said before, Animal died of cancer. We've talked about cancer awareness on the show a little bit here. Get checked out yearly. Do your thing. It could still sneak up on you. We all know that. Cancer sucks. We've all covered that. But um, he lived a good life. He was a special man, and he will be missed. What have we got next? Sports, history, and birthdays. Very good. I've got some images I'll bring up here, Andy, as you go along right. with some of the uh, clip clip art and some images that I'll bring up for the for the viewing listeners, the viewers. Clip art. I like that. Funny story about that later. The wife was using clip art yesterday. It's still a thing. Nice. Hal chases 22 putouts, ties a record. 1970, open the A's Vita Blue, no hits, the Minnesota Twins, 6 nothing. 1973, the Mets go into first place at 500 after trailing 12 and a half games. Um, I looked up the final standings that year. The Mets finished with a 500 or 509 winning. Um, the, that was in the East. It was East and West at the time. The West. Reds won with 99 wins and a 6-11 winning percentage. The Mets beat the Reds 3-2 in that series, and the Mets went on to beat the A's in the World Series 4-3. Um, in the American League, Baltimore had 97 wins, Oakland had 94 wins, so two very well, you know, good teams there too. Um, they battled out, but need to win Mets, one World Series. That's why you play the game. 1982, NFL players began a 57-day strike. Uh, 1990, Dave Vincent turns down the White Sox bid to reinstate Minnie Minuso at the age of 68. I looked him up, Minnie Minuso, he's one of the guys who played in every decade. He yeah, played in 1949, that was out a year, then played from 51 through 64. And then in 76, at the age of 50, and at 80, at the age of 54, the White Sox signed him for a one-game contract to get to that bass, kind of get this playing every decade thing. Now in the 90s, he did I believe have a game with the St. Paul Saints. They played professional baseball, but I don't, that doesn't, it wasn't majors. And I know he's played in the minors, I think, to keep that streak going. Uh, birthday is 1945. Richard Childress, NASCAR team owner, same. 1968, Rick Mahorn of the Detroit Pistons. Uh, and also, I believe, Philadelphia. And a, and a Timberwolf, right? That's why it's brought. He was a, our first pick in the expansion draft. Yes. He refused to play here, and I think we made. And that's what's so great. We, we sent him to the Sixers for somebody, and the Timberwolves' first win was against Detroit. Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, Philadelphia. Uh, I remember when the uh, when the Vikings drafted Darren Nelson. Uh, same kind of a thing too. He says, "I'm not. Uh, you could draft me, but I'm not playing in Minnesota. That's not going to happen." And uh, he was from Stanford at the time. Yes. 
Hall of Famer, uh, pitched from 48 to 54, was in the 48 World Series, also threw a no-hitter that year for Cleveland, and was manager for the Royals, White Sox, uh, World Series for the Yankees in 78, born in San Bernardino, California. Back in 27, Tommy Lasorda, manager for the Dodgers, born in Northtown, Pennsylvania. Funny about Tommy Lasorda, uh, Mike Sosha, or not, yeah, not Mike Sosha, Mike Piazza, Mets catcher, this is Godchild. Dodgers last round, we drafted Piazza just because it's my grandkid, why not? Worked out pretty good for Piazza. <laughs> 1934, Lute Olson, college basketball coach, uh, coach at the University of Iowa from 74 to 83, uh, Arizona from 83 to 08. Was born in Maysville, North Dakota. Uh, 1961, Vince Coleman, six time National League base stealer, was born in Jacksonville, Florida. Vince Coleman, at one time, did play for the September 23rd, 1983, Philly's Steve Carlton. See, there's Mets. Any other place for the Mets, you get the birthday mentioned here. Nice. Vince Coleman. Philly's Steve Carlton is 16th to win 300 games by beating the Cardinals. 1988, Jose Canseco. Baseball's first, but steal 40 bases and hit 40 home runs. Big Jose. In 1966, Pete Harnish, former Mets pitcher, born in New York. 1924. 1977, Ken Hinton of the Canadian Football League, British Columbia Lions, returned a punt. It's actually a missed field goal, but a punt. 130 yards. Wow. Remember in Canada, they got a 55-yard line. Yeah. And the end zone's 50 because the goalpost is at the goal line, and you got a 15-yard defense. The old 130-yard kickoff return for a score. Yes. Awesome. And that's what it's okay. No. But he did it. He was the 30 30 that year, you know. Never pictured as a base stealer, though. I always think of Dale Murphy as a better than average hitter, home run, you know. Uh, 1946, birthdays. Mean Joe Green. Um, his career was a little before my time, but I remember Mean Joe from his coat commercials. There he is. Uh, don't know what that little boy's doing now today, but hopefully he invested his money well. Kept the shirt from Mean Joe Green. 
Um, Roger Craig, manager of the Giants, is what he called him out for it. So Roger Craig used to be his pitching coach. Who taught him how to do that? Anyway. 1947, Gerald Keyes, American model for Sports Illustrated and fashion designer. Born in Breckenridge, Minnesota. I did not know that. September 26, 1959, San Francisco Giants, Sam Jones, second no-hitter, beats the Cardinals 4-0. And in 1978, New York District Court Judge Baker Motley rules that women's sports writers cannot be banned from locker rooms. 1996, San Francisco Giants, Barry Bonds, the second player to have 40 home runs and steal 40 bases. Birthdays, 1964, Dave Martinez, a former outfielder for the White Sox and the Cubs and a handful of other teams. Uh, current manager of the last place, Defending World Series champions, Nationals, Washington Nationals, uh, birthday today, or on that day. September 27, 1930, Chicago White Sox first baseman. I mentioned the first baseman earlier had 22 putouts in a game. This first baseman, Bud Clancy, did not handle the ball at all in nine innings of a game against the St. Louis Browns. <laughs> 1936, first baseman Walter Alston plays in his only major league game for the St. Louis Cardinals. And he manages the Brooklyn Dodgers and Los Angeles Dodgers for 23 years after that. 1939, Chicago White Sox host the first day-night doubleheader, and they lose both of them to Cleveland 5-2 and 7-5. 1942, New York Giants beat Washington Redskins 14-7 without making a first down. 1983, Tim Raines is the first since Ty Cobb to steal 70 and drive in 70 runs in the same season. 1987, NFL players strike again in the U.S., another NFL strike. Birthday is 1919. Johnny, Johnny Pesky of the American Baseball Players was born. The Pesky Pole of Red Sox is named after him. And in 1935, Mimi Peanut Johnson becomes American professional baseball, the first female pitcher in the Negro Leagues. She was born in South Carolina. And there she was in her embarrassing clothes that all baseball players had back there with their sideways hat and baggy clothes. <laughs> um, she was pitcher in 1935, uh, South Carolina, passed away just in 2017. And that's all I got for uh, sports history of birthdays. Uh, the music history of birthdays part was recorded earlier. Those of you on Anchor will be able to enjoy that. Those of you visually here will just have to go to the Anchor part and listen to it. Dan, and what do you got for album of the week? Well, I've got a good one. I've got a, uh, going back here for episode 41, back to 1975, a rock band by the name of Nazareth. Hair of the dog. Here we go. There it is. There we go. So here we got. Hair of the dog was a sixth studio album by the Scottish, Scottish, uh, hard rock band Nazareth. Received released in 1975 and. The album was recorded at Escape Studios in Kent, with additional recording and mixing at AIR Studios in London. This was the group's best-known and highest-selling release, with over 2 million copies sold worldwide. Uh, released April 30th, five, the genre, hard rock slash heavy metal, length of the album, 40 minutes, 34 seconds. After three albums with Deep Purple's Roger Glover producing, Manny Charlton stepped into that position 
one he filled for several subsequent albums later for Nazareth. It was Nazareth's big first hit album, aside from minor success from the song uh, Razamanaz, uh, including classics uh, such as the title track, uh, a version of the Everly Brothers' Love Hurts, and includes Beggar's Day, Please Don't Judas Me. Uh, according to the Nazareth, Nazareth frontman Dan McCafferty, the track on Hair of the Dog in which a dishonest young woman finally meets her match, it was the album, uh, original album title with this recognizable chorus of Now You're Messing with the Son of a Bitch and Heir of the Dog. Not hair, but heir. Heir of a dog is a bitch. They wanted to name it Heir and they chose Hair, instead Hair of the Dog. Nazareth's record label wasn't about to let them produce a project called Son of a Bitch. Thus, Hair of the Dog was selected as a compromise, putting and finishing, putting the finishing touches on a career-defining release. The album of album is often considered a short form of the phrase describing of an old folk hangover cure, the Hair of the Dog that bit you. The album was first reissued in 1990 on CD, and there was also extra editions since 1997 with different sets and bonus tracks. Uh, the biggest one probably is 2001, the 30th anniversary edition of this album, Hang Hair of the Dog. Here's the tracks. Side, uh, side one, or track one, Hair of the Dog. This only reached on the German tracks, German listings on, uh, on uh, singles reached as high as number 44. But in the U.S., it jumped right away up into the top 20. Hair of the Dog, really popular. Song two was Miss Misery. Song three, Guilty. And song four, Changing Times. Song five, Beggar's Day. I like this song. This is pretty good. This is actually a cover from a Crazy Horse song. Crazy Horse cover called Beggar's Day. Song six, Whiskey Drinking Woman. Great lyrics on that one. Remember, this is old school hard rock heavy metal. Whiskey Drinking Woman. Song title seven is Please Don't Judas Me. Another biblical reference. And then track eight is Love Hurts. Love Hurts is the one that went way high up in the tracks and was the biggest seller. That was a, a cover from an original 19, I believe it was a 1960 Everly Brothers song from 1960. So the two, the two releases, the only two releases of this was Love Hurts, November 8th of 1974. And then the song two, their release was Hair of the Dog, released March 14th of 1975. And so that's the album of the uh, album of the week. Uh, if you have any other questions or, or re recommendations, I guess, uh, going forward in the future, we can always use uh, recommendations for things like this. But that's my old school review of the 1975 Hair of the Dog. I, and it, I never personally not got into Nazareth till later on in my life. I was probably 35 when I, when I started listening to some of this stuff. And um, it, it grows on you. Uh, at the time, I was like, what the hell is this? And as I got older, I learned to appreciate it. Not a big Nazareth guy. 
it's on the radio. I'll listen to it, but I'm not going to search Spotify for Nazareth. I, uh, it's the only album I own uh, from them. Um, but uh, I must say, it's, it does have some good music. I don't never find myself going. It's ne- I don't have a go-to, you know, song. In fact, the songs that I don't really like are those are the are the popular ones. Uh, you know, oh, the released ones, yeah. Yeah, the released ones. I'm I'm more of a uh, I've always been more of a deep cut guy of all these albums anyway. I never was really a big fan of the popular songs rather than the the deep cuts instead. But um, that's the that's the review. What's that? Or the B side, B- or, or the B side, yes. And uh, but this was '74 and '75, and so uh, we wouldn't have been in that j- uh, genre, I guess. Anyway, being uh, four, yeah, I wasn't listening to heavy metal back then. But uh, this is some pretty good stuff. I do like the vocals. It's uh, it's some pretty good stuff. It is recommended. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But please leave your, uh, you know, requests down. Uh, we'll use requests again and some um, ideas for these things going on down the road. Uh, any concert updates, Andy? A lot of bands are still going on, like uh, 93X.com here locally. Uh, your, whatever music you listen to, country music, pop music, whatever. A lot of bands are doing their virtual concerts right now. Um, I know. Uh, some have gone... They've done some pretty good ones. I think Metallica did one a while ago with the drive-ins, like Garth Brooks had done. So it's those sort of things out there. Some bands, smaller bands, are playing. Like I said before, we pushed before at the bars and some of those smaller clubs are playing. I haven't seen any much. Medina's thinking of starting to get some stuff going again, but they have outdoor performances on the patio a couple nights a week. So nothing major. I'm not afraid yet. Not a major recording artist. I'm not saying these people aren't good. They're good performers, but you're not going to see Garth Brooks, Metallica, the big name people out there. I, um, still fun entertainment to go to. Please support those groups. Support these, other, these little bands you see playing at the bars. At Knuckleheads in there. We've been there to some bands there a couple times. It's a good time. It's fun. You know, go out, you're outside with people, there's some music going on. Talking to the bands afterwards, it's it's really a good time. I was able to uh, see the White Iron Band a couple weeks ago at Floyd's Outdoors on their concert yep. patio, and and they're always they always put on a good show. Yep, it's decent sounding. You're right there. You don't have to about parking, stadium stuff, all the other things. Everybody's relaxed. It's a good time. I do want to put a couple things. I know October 24th, uh, scheduled game for the World Series. Trying to plan a little uh, sports and songs party for that day. Um, place has not been discussed yet where it's going to be. If your business wants to sponsor us and have us there, great. Us and our four rowdy friends will show up. Um, we invite the bands there. Just like I said, four rowdy friends. So something like that. If not, one of us will come in the studios. We'll have it. We're doing some live tweeting during the World Series game. Maybe post pictures of what's going on for it and everything else. But right now, kind of pencil October 24th. Facebook will have some stuff going on with that. Uh, live tweeting the World Series game. See what's going on to that. But keep that open. Kind of our pre-first anniversary party. Correct. Uh, we'll be coming up on the anniversary. And one thing I'm interested, I'm looking forward to the World Series this year, Andy's, because the location at Arlington's Park, they got a brand new stadium, uh, right? Yep. So so I get, I, I'm looking at the schedule to try to go to, I like to go to one uh, road t- twins game every year the wife and i we picked out texas rangers minnesota twins this year 2020 because i wanted to see the new stadium 
well, COVID hits, we can't go, we can't see it. Now I'm excited to be able to see it on the World Series on the big stage because that's a brand new ballpark uh, there for the Rangers. And we all get to see it because they essentially get to host the World Series this year. But I do want to get out there in the next year or two and check out that and do a tour of that facility because right next door is the old baseball stadium, which is now the home of the XFL Dallas Renegades. Let's take everything we learned in high school geography out of the question. The Texas Rangers are not in the Central Division. They're in the West. So we didn't get to see them in regular season games to watch the games on TV. You could have flipped around an MLB network or ESPN, maybe caught a game from there. But that's a difference. When it's the World Series and the playoffs there, you know they're going to really highlight that stadium a lot. And I'm kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, and uh, like I said earlier, Petco Park for the American League teams and Dodger Stadium. It'll be interesting to see yep. some of these uh, playoff games at those uh, locales. Yeah, I like the way they switch it. The American League teams are in the National League parts and vice versa. I like that idea. Yeah, that's interesting. I do get a kick out of that. It's very neutral, very neutral. But we'll keep updates with uh, the fan participation for those World Series and if they're going to be letting fans in for the uh, ALCS and NLCS. Uh, but that'll be in the next coming weeks. But um, should be should be a good weekend for playoffs. Uh, the seedings will all be locked up here Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. and like we said earlier, uh, more follow-up on the high school football and volleyball starting. Uh, let us know about your team, what's going on with that. Hey, my high school where we live, this is what we got going on. Leave us a message on the Facebook page, a comment. High school X is doing this, we're doing that. Just so we have the notes compared. Let's see what everybody's doing. Someone's letting fans in. We want to go watch. You know, so. As the, as the fastest-growing podcast in all of western Carver County, we do like yeah. to get out and uh, support the local teams. There's our information off there onto the right side. All right. Six different countries, twenty different states. You can hear our our show. Yes, that is true. That is true. Worldwide. That's all I've got for this week. Uh, have a good one. We'll see you uh, next time. See ya.